Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Hey, Open Mic Podcast listeners. Want to share your opinions, give me feedback, or tell me what you're thinking? If you do, send me a voice message. Voice messages are an easy way for you to send me audio that might end up in future episodes of the podcast. They're the latest feature from Anchor, the platform that I use to make this show. Here are some things that I would love to hear from you. What questions do you have for me? What did you think of the episode? What did you think of the topic? Who should I interview next? Make up a theme song. I don't know. Do your best impression of me. I'll see all of your messages and I might add them into a future episode. Anchor makes that part super easy. You can send me a voice message right now from wherever you're at, wherever you're listening. Just tap the link in my show notes and I can't wait to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Until next time, cheers and be well and enjoy today's episode. It's time for the Open Mic Podcast with your host, Brett Allen. Broadcasting live from the Bay Area studios, here at the Open Mic, no topic is off limits. And of course, you never know who may stop by. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 137 of the Open Mic Podcast. It's good to be here with you today. It's been a few days since we have released an episode, over a week actually, Really excited about today's guest, Steve Sims. He is an entrepreneur. He's often been referred to as the modern-day Wizard of Oz, a fixer, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. He has written a book called Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen, and he is ours today, and I am pumped to talk to him. He has some amazing things to say. He is so cool, and when I was able to book him, I was just over the moon. So he's going to be joining me here in just a couple of minutes. We're going to talk entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about what he does exactly, how he got started. Super stoked. Anyway, yeah, it's been a long several days since we have released an episode. Lots happened. My kid got pink eye. He got, I don't know, a viral infection of some kind. And so everything had to shut down. And it was really tough for me because I felt like I was just kind of stuck and I was stressing out about listeners and are people still going to want to be a part of the show? Just silly things, you know, how your mind can work sometimes. But uh, it was nice to take a break a little bit and to just put everything aside. I had to cancel some interviews, which was really a bummer. And uh, we're going to be playing pickup on that here very soon. So thanks to everybody who listens and joins in and just really supports the podcast. Everyone listening from here all the way to Egypt, all across the globe. It means the absolute world to me. And you can learn all things Open Mic Podcast at theopenmicpodcast.net. You can follow us on social media, whatever it is that you choose to do and uh, or how you choose to follow us we love it. You can subscribe. You can listen. All of that. That's probably too many calls to action. <laughs> but uh, I'm overly excited because it's been a while since I've been on the mic. Yeah. And then I found out the company that I work for is moving. We're changing locations. So there's all of that. Just so many things going on that I had to just put the pause button on the show for a little bit. But we're back and it's good to be here with you tonight on this chilly Bay Area Monday. Today, again, my guest is Steve Sims. I'm really excited. He's going to bring some amazing content to all of us. Steve, 
Welcome to the Open Mic Podcast. It's good to have you on, my friend. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Well, I am very excited to talk to you. And for our listeners, we are talking to Steve Sims. We mentioned this early on in the intro, but we're going to go into more detail. If you don't know who Steve Sims is... (gasps) Shocking. (laughs) You mean they don't? (laughs) (laughs) You definitely will by the end of our conversation here today. He is the author of Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. And also has been referred to as the modern day Wizard of Oz. He's worked with all kinds of people, making dreams come true, helping businesses grow. And we're going to talk about all of that today, Steve. So I'm excited. Let's just dive right in here and talk about you and your background, how you started this whole project, this whole business, and and just how successful it's been for you so far. Well, it's been rather successful, but... um... I can't take credit for starting it. Um, I'm a East London whiskey drinking biker that um, realized the classic line about you are the combination of your five friends. Well, my five friends were whiskey drinking British bikers. So (laughs) I kind of wanted something a little bit better out of my life. And like all entrepreneurs, the story is not any different. We knew more where we don't fit than where we do fit. And okay. so as an entrepreneur um, and in that environment of East London, I bounced off of the walls, literally. I was in loads of different jobs. I was in loads of different trouble, you know, just trying to find out what resonated, what fit, you know, what made me feel challenged, uh, what excited me, what aroused me. And, uh, you know, I had trouble finding it. I actually managed to get a job by basically lying um, for <laughs> a stockbroker's position a trainee stockbroker, should I add, in uh, Hong Kong. And I landed. um, I got drunk with the guys over the weekend, went to orientation on the Monday, and I was fired on the Tuesday. So I'm now in Hong Kong with no job, a little bit of money, um, and I started working on the door. But what I wanted to do, and this is the key, if you want to know what successful people do, get to know successful people. So mm-hmm. there's nothing about me. Anyone that listens to me for five seconds know that I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'm still a blunt instrument, and that can do just as much damage. And I would, I look at things very primitively. What's the impact in me doing this? There's no fluff. There's no, there's no um, ice in here. There's no showboat in here. If it makes no benefit to me, I ain't doing it. And so when I was working on the door, I was letting all of these guys in that had suits and watches and cars and, you know, black cards and all the trappings of, of success. And I'm on the door just waiting to get punched in my head. Um, and so I thought, I want to get to know what makes you different to me. So I needed an excuse to get into that world. So I started trying to find a way that I could bring value. And the bottom line of it is, if there is no value you bring in a relationship, then you're kidding yourself about being in that relationship. Mm -hmm. So any relationship I have, and I have people that are hugely powerful, they own countries. And we joked earlier about you don't know Steve Sims. I'm a big deal to maybe about 200 people in the world. They just happen to own countries, banks, companies. So for, for a great deal of the planet, they didn't know who I was until the book came out. And that was fine. But I have people that are very powerful that can literally do what I ask. 
And then I have other people that can't even afford the bar tab. They just make me laugh. And so value comes in different kinds of ways. And if they have a value, they stay in my circle. If they have not value, I get rid of them. This old bullshit about, well, I've known him since high school. We go back. If you don't get on, kick them out, you know? Be a value in a relationship or you're kidding yourself about the relationship. So when I saw these guys coming into the club, I wanted to know what made them successful. What could I bring to the party that would make them want to have me in their circle? <clears throat> As the doorman, I knew about all the nightclubs. I knew about all the parties. I started to become a pseudo party promoter by telling the boys, hey, you know, there's a party around the road, in the, around the corner. Do you want me to get you in? You know, I can sort this out for I became that person. I became like the nightlife. Now, bear in mind, this was in the 90s before mm -hmm. you had an iPhone. So I became the oracle of that area of where the best parties were. And I only offered that advice to successful people because I, I wanted to be in that Rolodex. I wanted to be in that circle. And so I went from telling them where the best parties were, doing my own parties and only inviting rich people, um, taking over mansions, penthouses, yachts. My party promotion days went into event production, which went into getting people into things like Stard Polo, Monaco Grand Prix, Hollywood Award shows. While you're there, let me get you a penthouse. While you're there, let me get your wife a makeup artist. I became this, this international concierge or fixer, for want of a better word, only dealing with the affluent. Because I was, I was again, really primitive. The effort it takes to make a sale, surely the sale should be $100,000 rather than 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. Because I've noticed how much effort people take in selling something for $100. And I thought, screw that. Same amount of effort, just bigger price tag. So if I wanted rich people in my circle, I only spoke to rich people. I only hung out with rich people. I only gave value to rich people in order to get those people seeing me of value. And the rest is history. They had demands. They had wishes. And so far, 20 plus years later, I've sent people down to the Titanic. I had a couple wanted to get married in the Vatican mm -hmm. by the Pope. I've closed museums for dinner parties and had Andrea Bocelli come in and serenade him during our pasta. I've worked with Elon Musk, Richard Branson. You know, the, the list is huge. Um, only because they had the desire. And I sit there and go, what's your desire? What are you looking to achieve? And then I go out and make it happen. Wow. Such an amazing story and encouraging to all of us young entrepreneurs who are starting this game out. So my big question is, since you've had all this experience and you're doing all these things, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see young entrepreneurs making that are trying to work into the business, so to speak? That question has never, ever been asked to me before. So I am thrilled you've actually asked that question. And the answer is very, very quick. It's shiny object syndrome. Um, as entrepreneurs, we love looking where the new shiny thing is, don't we? And we Absolutely. will literally we will literally get the iPhone and then we'll be like, oh, I wonder what the next one's like. And let's be blunt. You don't bloody need another one, but it's shiny and it's new. And we all go out and bend over and buy the bloody thing. I've noticed in the middle of my career that I stopped looking at the basics and the impact of what I was doing. And I started looking at who I was doing it for, or who was in the room. And I started getting shiny object disease. I started looking at, oh, but he's a celebrity. So 
if me and you were going to do something and you asked me to do it, I'd say, certainly, wire the money into my account and I'll get it done. But, you know, the second you start working with a sexy brand or a celebrity, you kind of start to lose that a bit. Or I did. And I'd be like, oh, well, you know, he's not going to screw me because it's so-and-so. You know, yeah. And guess what? <laughs> I got screwed. So a lot, a lot of people get mistaken and they get clouded by the fact that, oh, I'm going to do this. I had a guy contact me the other day, one of my consulting clients, and he said, I've got this, got this brilliant contract and I'm going to do this work for this person. And I said, oh, fantastic. So, so what is it? He's got, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I, got to, and I said, great. What part is the other person playing in this project? And he's like, well, you know, he's very busy, you know, so I'm, I'm going to do it all. So I'm like, well, okay, so the liability for this other fella is zero because you're literally carrying the complete can. And he was like, well yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I am. I said, well, okay, are you getting the money up front? No, no, no. If it's really successful, which it will be, then, then I get 40% of the profits. I said, hang on a minute. So you're basing it on rolling everything on black. And when you win, you don't even get 50%. Where is the downside of this other guy? And why the hell can't I do a deal with you like this? Because shit, you're just about to screw yourself. <laughs> and he was just so focused on the fact that this was his chance to get to work with such an exciting brand he had failed to realize that take away the shiny name and he's about to get screwed. There was no liability on anyone else other than him and he was carrying the full load. Interesting. I, I like that topic because I feel the same thing can happen even in, in this world of podcasting. And I've been at it for about a year now and I've been very fortunate to have some amazing people, people like yourself, Evan Carmichael, some of these other guys and the interesting thing is, is that I see these younger podcasters going after these big celebrities. They're just, uh, in fact, there was a conversation in a group the other day that, and <laughs> this will probably get a reaction out of you, which will segue us to the next topic. But they were trying to get Gary Vaynerchuk on their podcast. They were just trying so hard. And a lot of people were jumping in going, just because you get him or land him, that, that may not do absolutely anything for you or your show. So what is it you're really trying to achieve by getting this person on your podcast, chasing influencers, all these other people, it doesn't really benefit you. So I, I can relate to you on that certain level, maybe not making such big financial moves or business deals. I don't know if that resonates with you or not, but my question is what, what is your definition of entrepreneur? Because there are so many of them out there, I think, and it's almost become like a relative term. You know, you have these people out there who yell and scream at you and try and get you to do all of these things. There's the whole thing of grind, 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 and then there's just live now so you can live how you want later. What is Steve Sims' definition of, of being an entrepreneur? So there's two things there. Um, the first thing I want to go back to Gary V. Um, what's the point? Um, I have become a great believer in a, in a phrase that my good friend Joe Polish came up with, with um, ask yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze? So okay. that's the first thing that comes to my mind. When you've got someone coming onto your show, I want you to be selfish. Have you ever been on a plane? Yeah, of course. 
All right, so what happens? You sit on the plane, and all of a sudden, the girl or the guy gets up, and before you get bored, they go through the, and then your oxygen mask will fall down and put it on yourself before you help others, okay? You remember that in flight. You should remember that now on your podcast. Just because I sell things for millions and millions and millions of dollars, I started off by selling them at $1,000, then $10,000, then $50,000. So my price tags have gone up, but I want you to ignore the dollar sign. The principle is exactly the same. Does it benefit you? And then how can it benefit somebody else? Okay? So if you want to get Gary V on your show, how the hell does that benefit you? Right. Okay? That there's was my lot, point. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have a field of dreams moment. They're like, build it and they will come. Well, guess what? <laughs> they don't freaking come. All right? They don't. No, <laughs> they absolutely all. don't. So your question needs to be is, how does having Gary V, and I like Gary V. I'm a great supporter of Gary V, um, apart from his stupid beanie. He's a great supporter of his. But, um, <laughs> but uh, uh what does Gary V on your show have? Because I'm guessing if you really ask the question deeply, it's the podcast just trying to get some credibility by being linked with Gary V. Sure. Okay. Sure. So surely rather than having Gary V, Gary V, Gary V, why don't you bring someone on your podcast there's no one's ever heard of before that gives a different perspective? Okay. Then you become an instigator, you become an influencer, you become original. Okay, so I would say go for something that creates more impact over a name. Okay, find the next Gary V. Find the next Elon Musk. Find the next Richard Branson and expose those to your community because that will give you the bigger buzz. Now, if you still want to get Gary V on there and you can answer yourself without the shiny object syndrome, how it benefits you, then the only way to get Gary V on your show is to show how it can benefit him. And if you're going to try and seduce him because you've got 1,000 listeners, don't even bother. No. You know? But if there's <laughs> some way that you can benefit him through maybe you've got a different perspective, maybe that you're doing it for your know, vets or for kids at college, maybe there's another way that it can be actually originated that would excite him. Okay? But that's the Field of Dreams moment on there. So hopefully that's answered the question on the Gary V. How does it impact you and be selfish? It needs to benefit you before it benefits anyone else. Right, now, absolutely. entrepreneur, okay? Just because you've got no job and you've <laughs> managed to hustle a couple of bucks out of someone by convincing them that you know shit doesn't make you an entrepreneur, okay? Just because you're wearing a hoodie and Converse sneakers doesn't make you Mark Zuckerberg, okay? The bottom line of it is, is entrepreneurs, we get fucked over, we get ripped off, we get laughed at, we get ridiculed, um, we literally get all of these things. We get broke, we lose our friends, we lose our relationships, we lose our health. The world of an entrepreneur is a stupid one to be in because no one with any brain cells would stay in it other than the fact that it's part of our DNA. Sure. We, we like the fight. And so at the moment, the entrepreneur word has become this trendy little thing that goes, oh, yes, well, I'm an entrepreneur. Bearing in mind, when I was an entrepreneur in the 90s, you know, my dad called me, uh, said that I was an entrepreneur because I couldn't get a job. You know, 
you, you, you talk about hustlers now. Now we we revere the hustler. We look at Gary V and we go, that's a hustler. You know, back in the nineties, if someone called you a hustler in a pub, you'd punch him in the head because it was a disrespectful <laughs> term, like trying sure. to rip someone off for a car. Entrepreneurism is about not settling, taking the rougher road, falling down a million times, but getting up a million and one. And so I love these these um these fresh little puff cakes that come over and go, well, I'm an entrepreneur. And I said, well, okay, have you been screwed? Have you been broke? Have you been, have you been in a situation where you could not sleep at night because you couldn't pay your staff the following day and you had to phone up your mum in the morning to borrow her credit card in order to be able to do that? Because until you hit those moments, until you've got the scars, which are your badges of merit, you ain't an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I love it. So in that same vein, I want to talk about the topic of imposter syndrome where <laughs> I know you're familiar with it, but I would love to get your feedback on it because I think, especially when you're younger and and even, I don't know, podcasting is really what's most prevalent to me, but I've, I've had other small businesses that I've tried, but what is your attitude and your thought process on the imposter syndrome and for those who may struggle with it and how to essentially, in a no-nonsense way, I think, get that out of their head and just really focus on what's important as a business owner or, or whatever it is that you're doing. Well, to be blunt, I had imposter syndrome. Um, I think most, most entrepreneurs do. We get to a point where we suddenly start doubting that we should be playing in that sandpit. Now, there's two kinds of imposter syndrome. There's those that believe fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. is, is the mantra, okay? And to a point, to a point, I kind of think, go with it. Because we all aspire to be someone. We all emulate someone. We see Gary Vee. We see Grant Cardone. We see Ty Lopez. We see uh, Jean-Paul de Joria, Richard Branson. We see all of these people, and we want to be them. And without realizing it, we may start talking like they do. We may start wearing like they do. We may start acting like they do. And you are you are trying to assume that you are them. And that's where the the the, the, the imposter syndrome can and the make it to your fake it bit can start being very derogatory because it's losing who you are. No one that ever did anything fantastical did it by following anyone else. Okay, you've got to create your own Gary V, your own Mark Zuckerberg. And bottom line of it is, it takes zero effort to be you. Elon Musk has zero effort to be him. Zuckerberg, all of these people, zero effort because they decided to be them and go see how far it could take them. The other part of imposter, so I agree with the try and uh, assimilate, try and um, uh, repeat, follow these people to a point, but then you've got to be ready to jump on the horse and go for it yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, the um, and usually what happens with that kind of imposter syndrome is the second you start getting screwed over, people start laughing at you. Those are usually the softies that kind of like go by the wayside. Okay, so entrepreneurism is a whole horrible battlefield that will usually get rid of those people along the way. It'll filter them out. So don't pay them any mind. If you see someone that's faking it too much. Being an entrepreneur will kick them in the pants real soon. So don't, <laughs> don't fret too much. Um, regarding 
the imposter syndrome that's more dangerous and more cancerous than we as entrepreneurs get is we fight, fight, fight to achieve something, okay? And it's it's just 90% stupidity and, 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 and 10% ignorance that keeps us going where so many people would say, no, you can't do that. And guess what? Nine times out of 10, they're right until they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And let me let me give you an example. Um, Elon Musk, did you ever see when they were testing the rockets that came back, the fuel cells, to save money, they would land on that floating landing pad in the ocean? Did you ever see that? I did, yes. Right. And did you used to see it? It used to land, it used to fall over, and it used to explode. Remember? I do, yes. How many times did you see that? Not a lot from what I can remember, just minimal as far as my memory serves. Well, you've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you saw one land perfectly? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> Bingo. You see, the point is everyone looks at the glory of the explosive fail until it succeeds and then they turn off. The guy's been doing it repetitively <clears throat> on every launch, but no one sees it anymore because it works. They laugh at you until they applaud. Now, the thing about imposter syndrome for us is we fight, we fight, we fight, we fight. And then when you start getting somewhere, the fight becomes less effort and you start getting in your flow. Okay. And the trouble is then what happens to your monkey brain? You start thinking, well, about, well, okay, how can I make this better? How can this do it? Hang on. Maybe it's me. And you actually look inwards to think maybe you aren't good enough to be where you are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of self-doubt goes into entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm an East London biker. I never had a car as a kid, okay? I'm 53 years old now. I have a garage full of collectible motorcycles. I still have no car, okay? I don't like driving cars. In the middle of my life, I started doubting that I looked the right way. I was good enough to be dealing with the people. Now, I forgot the fact that I'd already been working with these people for seven years. I'd already been raking in the money. I was already living. I was already living in a great apartment. Um, I suddenly started thinking that I wasn't good enough. And do you know what I did? I went out and I bought tailor-made suits. I got rid of the black T-shirt, started wearing tailor-made suits, and I went out and I bought a Ferrari. Now, the, the downside was, was I was really excited about this Ferrari, but I suddenly realized about three months later that I didn't buy it for me. Mm-hmm. I bought it for you. And I realized, and I realized this because I was wearing a suit that was wearing me. I was getting into a car and trying to park. I would try and have meetings with my clients at restaurants and cafes where I could pull up in the car. And if I pulled up in the car and they weren't looking out onto the street to see me pull up, I'd drive around the cafe and come back again. Okay? I suddenly realized that I bought the car for everybody else, not for me. The effort it took for me to try and be cool was was killing me. So I I went back. Yeah. And I went back and I went to a party once And I was losing, this is a true story. I was losing a lot of connection with people that were friends of mine, were good relationships. And why? Because I was changing me. And 
they resonated with me as a guy in a black t-shirt turning up on a motorcycle. But now that I had this suit and I valued shiny, expensive show-off things, they didn't like me as much. And I couldn't work out where this was going wrong. And I used to go to this networking event every single month. It was in the, uh, um, the late 90s, and it was in Geneva, Switzerland. And I used to go to every single month. I would turn up on the motorbike, walk in, sit at the bar with my crash helmet, hang out with a bunch of people, get back on the bike and go home, okay? Then I started doing it for a few months in a suit. And then, you know, when you go to a party or the gym or any place you regularly go, there's all those faces that you know. Yeah. And you, and you know the names Bert, Bob, Susie, but you know nothing more about them. And it's right. a case of, hey, Bob, hey, Susie, and that's it. That's the depth of the conversation. There was this guy... And I didn't know him, but he was one of those bobs, you know? And I turned up in the suit and my relationships were going south. And I was at home one day going, how come I'm not feeling uh, connected anymore? How come my business is starting to disintegrate? What's going on? You know, I'm still me. I still have the connection. I still have the ability. What's going wrong? And I decided one night, don't know why, I couldn't be bothered to put the suit on, but I had something was driving me. I had to go to the networking event and I jumped on the motorbike, black t-shirt, leather jacket, turned up to the event. And it hadn't been three months since I had worn that outfit. And I went in, sat at the bar, quizzing myself, thinking the rest of the planet's changed and I haven't been keeping up. And I'm sad at the bar, actually feeling quite depressed with myself as to why my business is going south, because it must be someone else. And one of these bobs walked past, and they went, hey, Steve, how you doing? I went, uh, hey, Bob, how are you? He went, I haven't seen you here for months. <laughs> and then he carried on. And I realized I had never missed a month at this event, but he was right, because for the last three or four months, I had turned up as somebody else. Interesting. And I went straight home. It was literally an epiphany moment. I finished off my drink, jumped on the bike, went home, moved all the suits to the back of the wardrobe, and the following day took the Ferrari back and put it up for sale. And I haven't I haven't looked back since. Um, but I refuse. I, I, I want to make sure that, A, it takes zero effort to be me, and, B, I'm not going to do anything that that is for you. I'm not going to try and be someone who you want me to be. If you don't like this, if people have turned off this podcast, we're going to be fine. Um, if people don't like my accent, fine. You know, suit yourself. I'm not going to worry too much about your thoughts of me other than me and my value to you. Wow. I love it. Well, one last question here that I want to ask you, and you may have been asked this before or may you may not have. What is your approach to mentorship if someone reaches out to you i know you have all of these amazing resources available but let's say through a dm on twitter or instagram or even linkedin now seems to be a popular place to connect with people what is your your attitude towards this if someone's looking for a mentor or an advisor of sorts what advice would you give to them if somebody wanted to connect with someone like yourself or anybody else out there who has a very specific sphere of influence well, I've spent 20 plus years spending very wealthy people's money to give them interesting cocktail stories. 
Uh, I'm 53 years old now, and I love the fact that the book came out. It resonated with people. People like you have got interest to have me on the show, and I've got my oxygen mask on now, and it's time to help other people. And I've got uh, – I personally have a few different uh, ways of getting mentorship out of me. I've got a course. I've got a book. I'm not pitching it. There's a bunch of ways to do it. Most people – that you want to get mentorship from, the first question you need to do is ask why. You know, mm-hmm. do you want mentorship by Gary V? Because it's Gary V. You know, <laughs> uh, exactly. So, where do you want your mentorship by? If there's a guy down the road that owns the biggest print shop in your town, maybe that's a good dude to know because he knows how to open up the biggest print shop and <clears throat> sustain a business for 30 years. As far as I'm concerned, that's a great mentor. Okay. Um, Find out why you want to be mentored, what kind of person makes it up before you start going out there. And then when you go out, and I know this is with me, I offer mentorship programs and I charge for them. And a lot of mentors will be careful of the free gifts. Um, Because if you're not bringing something to the table, and I said this at the earlier part about relationships, if you're not bringing anything to the game, your game's over real soon. Sure. Because okay, people get tired. So if you're going in there and you're going, hey, I am really, really good at Instagram profiles. Let me help you if you can help me. Okay. Bring something to the party. Okay. Um, me, I charge because in my eyes, if they don't pay, they don't pay attention. If you spend $2,000 working with me, you've got my attention. I'm not going to go broke for two grand. I can't do much in my life with two grand. But it shows your commitment. And now we've got some. I've got your commitment. I've got your attention. Now let's see what we can do about it. Um, But first of all, find out who you want, why, and then find out what value you can bring to the party. I love it. I I love that approach because if you pay for something, you're going to get more value out of it than if you don't, I think. And I think that's a very valid point especially for all of our listeners to grab onto that as well, because you're, you're always going to pay for something, I think, and if you would agree, whether it's in time or whether it's in dollars. But if you're paying in dollars, then you're certainly going to get more out of it, I think. Well, the good thing about paying by dollars, <laughs> and, I, and, and you know, you'll get some people out there that will moan about it, and I know sometimes in my life when I've been so broke that you know I would have laughed at this statement, but you can make more money. You Mm -hmm. can't, you don't want to spend years of your life trying to build your credibility back or your trust or even time. If someone, if I can pay someone, and I do this all the time, I will pay someone to save me time. If I can pay this guy five grand and I haven't got to do anything for a year, I've just gained 12 months to be able to focus on what I need to focus on, okay? So you're paying for time, you're not paying for anything else. I'm a great believer that your biggest growth comes out of your biggest mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I have been screwed over. I've been sued. I've been ripped off. Uh, I've had legal cases against me where people actually accused me of stealing their idea of a concierge firm. I've had all of these things come at me, and they've cost me money. And they've taught me incredible lessons 
that protect me from the future. I, I don't know who it was. I'd like to give credibility to the person that actually said it. But someone said to me once, experience comes two seconds after you needed it most. Yeah, I've heard that before, and I find that to be so true. Wow, such great content, Steve. Thank you. So you have the podcast, which is great. People can that's free content right there. You have the book, yeah. which will only and cost Gary, you. I will point out that Gary V won't be on my podcast because I won't <laughs> ask him. Yeah, me either. So we've got that in common for sure. Uh, but that's a whole nother conversation. So you've got your book, Blue Fishing, which is available. That that will only cost people just a little bit of money. And I've read it and and benefited it a lot. And I appreciate you providing a copy to me. That's a benefit of having a podcast is I get to read so many great books. But if people want to listen to your show or want to learn more about you or perhaps maybe contact you, Steve, for your services, whether it's for business or pleasure, because you've done some crazy things. (laughs) And I can't even believe some of the things that you've done. How can people reach out to you? Well, if you're in the U.S. and you have a cell phone, you can text the word SIMS, S-I-M-S, to 345345. Um, or you can go to com. That's Steve D for David, SIMS, S-I-M-S.com. Sign up uh, at either place. You'll get a couple of videos from me. You'll get a PDF playbook of the bluefish in the art of making things happen. You'll also hear about new courses, new videos, new podcasts. You'll be hearing about all these different things that we do and we come out with. Well, Steve, thank you for joining me on the open mic today. Even though you're not feeling well, I appreciate it. Thanks, And uh, absolutely. Have a great day, Steve. Thank you so much, sir. Cheers. Bye. All righty, folks. Thanks again for listening. And Steve, thank you, sir, for being on the show. All of his information, as I mentioned Early on, will be available in our show notes. All righty, everybody have a fantastic week. We'll be back in a few days with more fantastic content. Until next time, let somebody know that you love them. Let them know that you care, and we'll chat soon. Be well. That brings today's episode to a close. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a kind rating and review. It really does help. Until next time, cheers and be well.